Hi folks, Luke here again. Just a solo podcast from me today, but a couple of housekeeping points to start with. Firstly, uh, Science of Fitness is going really, really well. Got a great group of people on there at the moment. I think at this point, it's something that I'm enjoying quite a lot. So I'm thinking about doing another intake for this year. Uh, It'll probably happen in June. If you're interested in jumping on the mailing list and hearing a bit more about that when it goes live, then you can head to the website and do that. The other thing is that I've got some seminars coming up this year. There's one that is confirmed in Stockholm happening on the 14th of March. So a few weeks from the broadcast of this podcast. If you're interested, I'll stick a link in the description for that one. Just a few spots left there. Uh, Likely going to be a few other ones set up this year all over the world, but uh, don't really want to give away too many details before we've confirmed stuff 100% yet. So just keep an eye out for that. If you're on the mailing list, you'll hear all about it. So again, I'll just stick a link in the description. Otherwise, it's all on the website, luketalk.com. Okay, so what I want to talk about today uh, is I made a blog post about this, um, faking it until you make it. So there's a obviously a common phrase called fake it till you make it. Uh, I, I don't really align with this. I think in the past I've tried to go along with this idea because I think most of us want to be a bit more confident or a bit more whatever, you know. Uh, and so faking it until you make it and... and especially in the world of entrepreneurship is something or being a business owner is something that a lot of people in this industry and many others aspire to. And it seems to be the kind of advice du jour of the average business coach and of many of those books that I always make fun of for essentially being a blog post or an article that is extended into a book length with a whole bunch of fluff and nothing uh, much behind it in terms of substance. You know, and you're seeing it more and more now with the amount of business coaches that are starting to come into the industry, the fitness industry specifically. Obviously, I have personal experience with that, but I'm sure it's happening in many other realms too. The rise of the digital nomad and that sort of thing. You know, I've been a personal trainer for nearly 13 years now. Um, I, I think I can confidently say at this point that my business is better than average. It hasn't always been, but at the moment it is. I've built it into something that is a better than average personal training business. And frankly, uh, as a one-man show who's doing reasonably well, I don't really feel nearly as confident as a bunch of the business coaches seem to that are out there. And uh, many of these business coaches are, from the surface, much less experienced and maybe a bit less successful than, than I am in this in this industry. Uh, and the reason I say that is just because a lot of them seem to be pretty young um, without much of a business to kind of show for themselves. They're kind of jumping straight into coaching. Uh, You know, so you get this sort of fake it till you make it, try to appear successful, try to be the person that you want to be. Um, Now, I I don't know, I'm all for chasing your dreams and getting after it and trying to be better. Like, I'm I'm totally into that. I'm really into trying to improve yourself. And I don't think there's ever ever a point where you, you sort of reach and go, well, I'm done now. I've done all my improving. There's nothing more I can do. So I'm certainly someone who feels that they should have been more proactive earlier in their career. I think I sat back a little bit too much and didn't really try and chase my dreams and make things come become reality. Um, You know, there's a quote from John F. Kennedy that I really like that goes something along the lines of, I'm sure I'm paraphrasing or getting it a bit wrong, but it goes along the lines of nothing happens, things are made to happen. And of course, 
you know, there's still patience involved and all of that sort of stuff. But I do think that being proactive is helpful, uh, you know, but the problem is, is that especially in the world of social media, where we're all advertised to, we're all targeted with ads, we get spam from people messaging us unsolicited out of the blue. You know, people are a bit more savvy than we give them credit for. They are distrustful of people trying to sell them things in the environment today. And so I think authenticity really cuts through and people can smell that fake confidence. They can sense when people um, are trying to portray success when they're not actually successful. I think it's a bit more obvious than many people realize. And authenticity is the one thing that really cuts through. I think that's something that I've really realized with my social media is that I don't really try to pretend anything to be anything that I'm not. I give honest advice. I tell you the stuff that I do that I feel makes a difference. And I don't try and sell stuff that I feel is a little bit extraneous or not really necessary. And it's really held me in good stead. And I think people tend to appreciate that. So it's something that's kind of been reinforced for me. You know, um, people engage with, with me personally online because I don't bullshit them, um, which makes total sense. Like you don't want a coach that would lie to you. You don't want to place your trust in someone who's going to be looking after your health and wellness if you don't quite, you know, believe them, if you don't quite trust them. Um, and I really feel that being someone who is sort of out there flaws and all, uh, even when I put up and highlight my flaws on stage, it, if anything, it galvanizes the support that I get from people and the way that people engage with my content and what I have to say. So I think there's really something to be said about that. And if I were someone who quote unquote faked it until I made it, uh, I don't think it would really work to be honest. Now I have some sort of caveats to this. I don't, um, I don't think that we should be mediocre. I don't think we should, you know, we should embrace our flaws, but I don't think we should necessarily put up with them just because that's a good thing to do. I don't think we should be committed to mediocrity. Mediocrity. I think uh, my attitude is that everything we do in life is a trainable skill. And this is really the point that I wanted to get across in this podcast. I view things uh, that are a bit more tangible as skills. I think learning to track your food intake and your portion sizes is a life skill in the modern environment. I think knowing how to exercise in a gym is a skill that every adult should learn. Um, there are things like personal finance skills, budgeting, and that kind of thing that every adult should learn. You should know how to do your taxes, just like you should know how to drive a car, etc. All of those things are skills that can be trained. But I also think some of the stuff that people are told to fake until they make are also trainable skills. I think things like happiness and confidence and well-being are all trainable skills. And what I mean by that is that there are components of that that we can practice and we can get better at and we can start to embody that skill. Um, so just like preparing food or exercising in the gym or getting into a good bedtime routine or driving your car, looking after an animal, all of those things are skills, but so is being happy, so is being productive, so is maintaining good, healthy relationships. And I think that this attitude has some unique benefits that the sort of fake it until you make it aspect doesn't. And this is how I differentiate it, because I'm sure there's some people out there who maybe don't see fake it till you make it as the same thing that I do, but this is how I'm interpreting it. So my attitude of things being a skill to be practiced has a couple of advantages. I think, first of all, it implies that you're not automatically good at anything. 
you understand that maybe there's a deficit there and that you need to work on it. Um, but it also means that you could get better at it or you are going to get better at it. So you're not automatically good at something yet, but you will be. If you put the work in, uh, you'll get better the more you do it. And it's just going to take a bit of time. So firstly, you're not immediately going, well, I am now confident. You're going, well, one day I will be confident. And as I go along the path, I will get more and more and more confident. The second thing is that it implies that you will make mistakes. Um, that's something that doesn't really happen if you have this fake until you make it attitude. It's like, I'm already there. Uh, and there's no real journey to take along the way. It's just like pretending that you're something until you suddenly somehow become that thing, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So fundamentally how learning works is that we make mistakes, we adjust and we refine and that happens over time and it's an incremental process. So it's a given that we'll make mistakes, but this also takes the pressure off of being perfect. It means we don't have to nail something the first time. It means that every time we get something wrong, it's actually an opportunity for growth and it's an opportunity for improvement. And that is without a doubt, the healthiest attitude that I can think of I suppose it goes back to that that thing of being in a growth mindset, right? Uh, whatever you end up thinking of that sort of concept, the, the idea of a growth mindset is that you can control the things that you have control over and you can take an attitude of improvement and getting better at things. So that's the second thing. I also think that it implies incremental improvement like, that I mentioned before. So once you kind of wrap your head around this concept of uh, practicing a skill being a longer, slower process, but ultimately much more rewarding and something that will uh, take you to greater places than simply faking. The day-to-day -day requirements become much easier to engage with. It's just this like day-to-day -day habit, long, slow progression that you end up having to engage with. So I've spoken a lot about this before. It's essentially process orientation rather than outcome orientation. And if you're not familiar with that, I'll just briefly explain it here. Outcome orientation is something like, you know, I want to weigh 64 kilos and that's my goal. And so I will determine my success by how much I weigh and I will be successful if I weigh 64 kilos. Now that's fine, but a process orientation instead goes, look, yeah, I, st I do want to weigh 64 kilos, but for me, the measure of success is how well I engage with the behaviors that will get me there. So instead of focusing on that outcome, you focus on the behaviors. The behaviors might be things like uh, tracking your food, getting to the gym three times a week, that kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of breaking down that larger goal into smaller repeatable habits or goals on a shorter time scale. Um, and being involved in that process means you don't ever reach a point where you're measuring your success by reaching a number because ultimately if you reach that number or that landmark, you end up having to redefine your goals again and again and again and you never really truly feel that successful or it doesn't last for very long. However, if you engage with repeatable habits or behaviors over and over again, you get this reinforcing feeling of success. Another way that I use it is when I study or when I do work. I don't put the pressure on myself to say, uh, you know, I want to write a blog post today um, because it might take me a fair bit of time to do or I might get interrupted or it might not quite be done. And even if I wrote 2000 words, but I, the article wasn't done yet, I would still feel somehow like I'd failed or let myself down by the end of the day if I didn't completely finish the article. However, if I'm process oriented and I say, look, I've got half an hour to write as much as I can for this article, no matter what, if I put in half an hour of work, 
I'll feel like I've, I've won. I've won the day and I've succeeded. And if you do that, you end up feeling successful. You end up getting a lot done. Uh, and you're not predicating your success or your self-worth on whether you've completed a task or not. You're kind of, uh, or reached an outcome or not. You're, you're focused on whether you have engaged with the habit that you've set out to do, which is a smaller and easier thing to do. So, you know, it takes this pressure off of being perfect. It is process orientation. It means that you're going to incrementally improve for your entire lifetime. You're never reaching an end point where you go, righto, hit my target. I'm done now. All right, I'm going to wipe my hands and off I go. I'm finished with this shit. Uh, it engages in a longer term, healthier habit. So in my opinion, process orientation is the secret to life satisfaction or happiness, I suppose. And to me, happiness is not a state of like um, transient joy, you know, like uh, um, my my favorite footy team just like won the grand final. Like, yeah, you feel great for a while, but that's not true happiness, right? So I'm talking more about life satisfaction at that point. If you have this fake it till you make it attitude, you don't really have space for any of ideas. It basically, it implies that you're just trying to be something you're not in the hope that like suddenly you'll just transform into this thing that you want to be. And it doesn't work that way. It just... You know, when you put it that way, it sounds completely absurd, doesn't it? It's this weird, weird concept. Um, it doesn't allow any of those shades of gray between like being imperfect and not quite there yet and then perfect and bam, I've made it. It's like either you are what you want to be or you're not. There's no journey. There's no struggle. There's no progress. There's no incremental improvement happening there, which is ridiculous, I think. So, you know, I kind of wrote in this Instagram post and in my blog article, uh, to practice until you embody it, which is obviously nowhere near as uh, snappy. It's not nearly as catchy, but I think it kind of explains in a few words the mindset that I'm trying to get across that I've spoken about in this podcast so far. Um, you know, it means that we can be authentic with people. It means we can be open about our flaws. We can be relatable. Uh, it also opens us up for improvement. It allows us to engage with these behaviors that we really want to encourage in the long term and I think you'd be far happier as a result of that so anyway that's the main thing I wanted to talk about today not a very long podcast but hopefully it's impactful if you enjoyed it please let me know uh, I really appreciate it when people share my my podcast and tag me in it so I can say thank you or you can just drop me a line I'll leave my email in the bottom of the show notes over here that's it Thanks for listening. I'll have another few guests on in the coming months, but just got to get everything recorded and edited with them first. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you in the next one.